0: Your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello, friends, and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Our episode today, I want to start with just a note of gratitude. And that's really a theme, actually, for this episode. So it just feels really fitting that I read. Something that I'm really grateful for from all of you, and that is written reviews in the podcasting world. It's so it's such a one-sided medium, and I don't get to interact with as many of you as I would love to. I'm grateful if you follow on social media and you comment or you send me messages on my email list. All of those things, they're amazing. But I will say without a doubt, a public written review is, well, you're going to understand why this is so meaningful to me. At the end of the show because it's so uncomfortable for me sometimes to receive compliments and so i'm really trying to lean into that and we're going to talk about that on the episode today but i want to read one of the written reviews that was left this week this review comes from paradise pecan and the title is the future of family this podcast helps me really believe that travel is possible with my family As a third culture kid myself, it is so exciting to hear Heidi normalize adventure families. Okay, Paradise Pecan, you're catching me in a very generous moment because I message me. Send me your address and I will send you just one of the books I've read lately. I know I just had Jillian Johnsrud, Fire the Haters, if that's a book you want. Like, let me know. I've got four or five different books that I love and I would love to pass them on to you. So Send me a message with your address and I will get you something as a token of just thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate those kind words. I'm feeling really drawn to this episode today around building generosity and receivership into our adventures for a lot of different reasons. One thing I don't talk at all about on the podcast, in part because I just like to keep my professional life and my personal life relatively separate work knows that I'm doing this. And hello, work. <laughs> if you're listening, I know some of you do. My job is essentially being generous. And it's such a wonderful job. And I I still tell everybody, I'm like, I yes, I am one of the 7% of people that love their jobs. It's a very interesting job. I couldn't really tell you how I landed here. But in the world of philanthropy, which is such a horrible word because it's so snooty and I hate it, but um the word actually means essentially to give time, talent, or money to help someone else solve a problem. And I love solving problems. I love helping people, and it's kind of fun to give away money and have access to resources or to ask people for help that could contribute to solving a problem. So for me, it's the perfect confluence of the things I love to do. And on the flip side, <laughs> I will say there's so much more to generosity than giving money. I see some people in the online space or even in the podcasting space, and I know it's uncomfortable to sell yourself, but at the same time, I'm like, well, how are you helping other people and why should we help you? You know, there is there is that mindset. In this world, I think there's so many opportunities to see the negative. And I also think there's just as many opportunities To look for the good, to look for the helpers who are contributing, who are trying to solve the problems, who are trying to do good and help other people just have a better day. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to be Mackenzie Scott giving away millions of dollars. And I would, in fact, say that gets old really fast, that it's the little things that people notice and appreciate that really help solve some of the world's most simplest problems. Just be nice and contribute however you can and whatever that looks like. When I was a teacher, for context, I started my teaching career in Chicago Public Schools. And after I left that job, it opened my world to what was actually happening in our own backyards. It opened my eyes to things that I probably would not have questioned previously. I was just blind to them or I didn't, they were just my blind spots. I wasn't even aware that some of these things existed in our own backyards. So I loved that experience for that reason and for so many other reasons. And I recall having a conversation with a colleague of mine. She was actually in pharmaceutical sales at the time and I was working in the healthcare systems. And we were having a conversation about, and I'm gonna age myself, Carrie Underwood had just won American Idol probably like one or two years prior to this. And she was doing a tour And was raising awareness around something related to the children of Africa. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but it inspired her daughter to go to Africa and do something good. And again, I don't want to speak down on mission work. I think it's a very noble and fascinating job or work or way to contribute. And if you feel called to that, please do that. But I questioned her and said, why does she feel like she needs to go to Africa to solve a problem? And she said, well, the needs are so great. And I was like, well, the needs are great here too, but you just don't see them. They look different. And so I started talking about some of the things I was experiencing or things I had experienced, not even in Chicago, but things I've noticed having been back in the area that we were working in, uh, families that needed help that maybe were too proud to ask or just didn't quite have it all figured out. And we're too, I don't know, we judge them, you know, that they're less than. And so it it led to a fascinating conversation. And I am not judging here what's right or what's wrong. There is no wrong way to give. It is really as the giver, you get to decide what feels right for you. And on the flip side of that, it's also important to know, like, what does it feel like to be on the other side of that? Some people really don't like to receive it. And I was one of those people that hated receiving other people's help or even other people's kindness. I had, after I left healthcare work, I was working in the UW system. And within that system, we were required to do what's called scholarly work. And one of the ways you could essentially attain the criteria for scholarly work was to receive awards or recognition. And that, for me, was such an awkward thing because I'm like, I'm just doing my job. Like, why? This isn't award-worthy. Like, this is my job. So for a long time, I have struggled with awards recognition. If someone, in fact, I'm embarrassed to say now that Over the last seven years, I've been nominated several times for public awards, and I denied them. I declined the nomination because it just didn't feel right. I'm like, well, what would be the benefit of me receiving this award? And now I have a really different thought about that. And that has to do with similar to perfectionism. You know, in the world of perfectionism, if we are waiting for things to be perfect, we're really denying others the opportunity to see our story in the truest sense of where it's at maybe someone needs to hear your authentic, imperfect story, or maybe someone needs exactly what you're going to offer, but waiting for it to be perfect, you're just denying them that opportunity. So if we apply that same lens to receivership, and this happened in 2020 and it opened my eyes and I was like, oh my goodness, I had been nominated for an award and I was about to decline it again. (laughs) And someone stopped me and said if you if that was your form of giving if that's how you really wanted to give kindness to someone else by nominating them for an award that you thought they were worthy of why would you deny them the opportunity to give that to you and it it stopped me in my tracks actually because i had only been thinking about it from the selfish lens of oh i don't like awards. I don't need awards. I'm you know, I have that Midwestern nice culture. By the way, if you've never been to the Midwest, you should come because we are really nice and it's it's pretty authentic. It's a pretty fascinating place, especially in the world of philanthropy. My point is when I realized that receivership was equally as important as generosity, I realized, "Oh no, I need to start talking about this because I think we can be both generous and we can also receive generosity and build that into our adventures. So let's talk about that a little bit further. On just the lifespan of things, I think as a parent, one of the things I always wanted my kids to understand was to be grateful for what you have and not always wish for something else. You know, the grass can always be greener, but how do we actually do that? Well, in our life, as we, I like to do everyday adventures, as you many of you know, I've talked about it a lot on the podcast. In 2020, one of those examples was we did a trash pickup. We put on gloves, we took garbage bags, and it was fascinating. As a family, we did this one evening, and we were shocked at how much garbage was in the ditch. And it wasn't even that long. It was maybe like a quarter mile stretch. I think we went maybe filled four or five bags. It was pretty astonishing, and that led us to say, "Gosh, I wonder why people throw this away." And then we thought, "Gosh, I wonder I wonder if the neighbors even know." And then, you know, it just kind of led one thing led to another, and I realized are we even aware of who our neighbors are. Are we being good neighbors? Are we checking in on our neighbors? And so it actually opened a can of worms in the best possible way because it led us to things like how could we build in random acts of kindness into our everyday adventure list so that we were being intentional with our generosity. And again, remember, adventure is doing things that are new and sometimes uncomfortable, maybe a little risky. And Talking to our neighbors as a kid, you know, I think about my six, eight, and nine-year-old, six, eight, how old ever, what, you does it matter? (laughs) Kids talking to adults that they don't know can sometimes be a little scary. To get out of our own way, we decided to do some fun things like Mayday baskets. Have you ever done Mayday baskets? Uh, As a kid, we would make Mayday baskets out of leftover wallpaper. Yep, I am a child of the 80s, and apparently that was... That was what we used to make Mayday baskets. And we would fill them with things like candy and flowers and just nice words and random things. It's kind of like trick-or-treating. It's like reverse trick-or-treating where you go to the person's house and you knock on the door and you leave this little basket. And, yeah, that was really fun. Actually, we did do reverse trick-or-treating. So we did Mayday baskets on trick-or-treating day. And it was fun because we decided we wanted to get to know our neighbors a little bit better. And we called them boo bags. So I thought, you know, this is a good episode to share some of those ideas. And it it was so fun. The other thing for some of the people that weren't necessarily into candy, we made different arts and crafts. We made these mummy lanterns. They were just jars with athletic tape and googly eyes. And then we bought one of those battery operated candles and put it in there and just left it with a nice message, but we didn't tell him who it was from. We just said, from one of your favorite neighbors. And those were little things that, you know, we weren't looking for anything in return. It was really out of this place of generosity and seeing, you know, did they notice? Were they different when we walked by later? Did they wave? Did we wave? All of those things are just being a little more neighborly. We had a fun experience, too, when my son I don't remember how, what birthday it was, but it was at that age where I'm like, he just doesn't need anything. He just wants to play a baseball game. And we weren't into big birthday parties, but clearly you need a decent size party if you're going to be playing a baseball game. And so we decided that we were going to invite a whole bunch of people, but we said on there no gifts that if you were compelled to give something, that all of the donations would go to Make-A-Wish Foundation to help honor a child and help their birthday be just a little bit brighter. And that was really fun. We've done a couple others too with, I believe my daughter did one for the Humane Society and people brought dog food or cat food. So there's a lot of different ways that we can add just a little bit of generosity and teach our kids how to be generous with things um, just how to be nice and how to wave and how to pick up trash and how to surprise people with nice words or things when they don't expect it. And on the flip side, not expecting anything in return. I guess one of the best examples that I can think of of some generous adventures where some, sometimes when we travel, we go out of our way to, I don't even want to say to be nice because it seems so novel and it really is that simple. It's just be nice and think, how can I make someone's day just a little bit better? A couple of years ago, we were flying somewhere and it was later at night and I didn't really want my kids on the screen. And so my son loves to draw. And I said, why don't you draw a picture or write a letter or something for the, the flight attendants? So my son did. And you would have thought we won the lottery. That flight attendant, Was so appreciative. She literally called the entire crew to our seat to say thank you because they were so moved by that. And that's not why we did it, right? My son was bored on an airplane, and he thought of a way to be nice and to use his talents to make someone's day just a little bit brighter. And that led to other things too. That's been—it's now actually one of our favorite traditions. Is if we are flying somewhere, you know, adamant about doing different activities or playing games or things like that. And so the drawing and giving messages to the flight attendants has become one of our favorite things. On the flip side, we when we landed in Hawaii, we had a pretty interesting couple days because Hawaii was interesting this summer because there was just so much stuff on our plates, everyone's plates. On top of COVID, there was other issues with, you know, just car rental shortages and eh, to some degree animosity between tourists and locals and I didn't know where everybody stood. And so I have always said, you know, the more I can level my expectations and just try to, I don't want to say blend in, because clearly we did not blend in in Hawaii. But be curious. If you lead with curiosity, you can learn a lot and find what would be something nice that we could do for this business owner or for this local. I remember once. We were in just outside of Haku, which is on the Big Island, on the north side of the Big Island. And it's a really small town. I guess town is the right word. Maybe it's a village. I'm not sure. And there was a coffee shop. And I said, you know, I want to go to this coffee shop because it looks like a very locally owned, authentic kind of place. And I I just really want to do whatever I can to help them come back from COVID because I know small businesses were really struggling And we struck up a conversation with the owner, who was a young gentleman, and we got talking about, like, where do you grow the beans? Like, this was fascinating to me, the local foods and how people were growing products and the coffee in Hawaii. Oh, I miss that. I miss that every day. So we had a very good conversation. And as I was talking with the owner, it was just us in the coffee shop, his uncle, his uncle walked in and we got talking about just the local area and and they were so appreciative of having tourists again. And it was genuine. You know, they weren't asking for a buck. They weren't trying to sell us anything. They were actually telling us, you know, like, where are you planning on going from here? And, oh, have you considered this place? And telling us stories about some of the trials and tribulations and just trauma that entire area has experienced. So the gentleman was probably in his 80s or 90s, and told stories of when he was a little kid and there was a typhoon that came through and what that did to the village and one of his favorite places to go when life is hard and, you know, all those little things that we never would have gotten. And so much of it came from a really authentic conversation, being curious and wanting to help however we could. And it doesn't always mean pulling out our wallets. Sometimes it's just being nice and listening. And that has really been a fun way as a family to try to challenge ourselves. Like, how can we be nice today? And how are we going to have a really interesting connection? And we're not looking for anything in return, really embracing it from a place of authenticity. I'm less comfortable talking about receivership. There's a way to be one step ahead of your audience. And this is maybe where I'm one step behind all of you. Or maybe I'm one step ahead of you, but I'm certainly not the expert in receivership. And just to clarify, receivership is really how do you accept others' gifts or kindness or compliments or generosity? And as I said earlier, I really struggle with this. I don't know that it's that I don't deserve it. It's just it feels awkward and that's not why I do it. But I want to tell a story about receivership because I think it's also it's also part of the puzzle. If you've ever read The 5 Love Languages, I'm pretty certain my mom's love language is gifts. There's also words of affirmation. And again, I was I was thinking about this from that place of was I denying them opportunities because I wouldn't receive the gift? I wouldn't like turn my nose at it or anything, but I might brush it off and be like, "Oh, mom, that was nice. Thanks. I didn't really need this. Why'd you do this?" You know, there there might be some undertones to that. Some of the ways I've seen receivership show up. in adventure is that really the moment, I guess, I felt like I I don't know. I guess the one experience I had that really stands out and I think I've talked about this previously on the podcast was after my third son was born. I think he was like 9 months old. We were going to California for an extended period of time. We were traveling and we had all the things we were doing Just a lot of stuff while we were out there. So we had a lot of gear. We had three kids under five and it was just a lot. And I was, you know, super excited about it. But at the same time, my daughter wasn't feeling well and ended up throwing up repeatedly. From the moment we left our hotel, we had stayed at a hotel the night before so we could get up a little bit later and get to the airport for our 6 a.m. flight. All the way until we got to our destination in California, she had been throwing up. And I felt so defeated. I felt like I was the worst mom in the world because I should be sitting at home snuggling my daughter and instead I'm rushing her through an airport and my arms are full and I can't even cuddle with her or make her feel better. And it was really the generosity of so many strangers that made me feel, I'm getting emotional thinking about it because I, it, for one of the first times in my life, I felt seen. I felt like someone was so proud of me for being willing to adventure with small children and knowing that feeling of failing or of guilty when your kid is sick. There's, It's just such a bad feeling anyway. And I can't tell you, every time I turned around, someone else was being generous and helping and doing things that I would never fathom doing. I can't imagine. I mean, it's like a college girlfriend, right? Where your friend gets sick. You're really good friends. You trust that person. You're holding her hair back if you need to. Like it is. It's not something you do with a stranger's kid. Where, yeah, literally, as we were boarding the airplane, my arms were full of things. You know, kids and bags and stuff. And my daughter said, Mom, I got to throw up. And she came running at me. And passengers sitting in the seats. I'm standing in the aisle grabbed the puke bags, held them for her. Another came from behind and held her hair back. Another grabbed a scrunchie. Another rubbed her back. You just don't see these stories on the news, folks. And being in that moment when you feel defeated and receiving the generosity and kindness of others, it's really powerful. I realized that When I deny someone the opportunity to contribute or to help or to be generous, if they're finding value from things that I'm doing and they wanna help out or they wanna contribute or they wanna say thank you, I need to be better about embracing that and accepting that. I think I'll make one last point around being generous doesn't mean you give everything away for free. That can lead, I think, to just bitterness or feeling used and. There's definitely some boundaries around that. I just want to level set that generous doesn't mean you give it all away. And generosity doesn't mean you expect anything in return. I think you have the boundaries to know, like, what feels good? What is the point that I'm comfortable with? And maybe maybe you don't know. Maybe it's just about being curious. Like, how am I going to be curious today? Or how might I listen more than I talk? I think we need to be generous with the people in our lives that are with us every day. It's not always just with strangers. Being generous with my kids and my husband and with myself. You know, I think I posted a message on Instagram this week that self-care is not all about salt baths and chocolate cake. It's really about how do I design a life that I'm not running away from and giving yourself the time and the space to breathe. I think that's also being generous. So there's, I have a lot of thoughts today. I have a lot of feelings. Some of them are deep. Some of them are a little more flippant. I have a funny little story though to end with today. Is I had a conversation with one of my listeners who also happens to be one of my friends, and she said, "I guess I I want to support you. I'm not really needing the Everyday Adventure Challenge. I don't really need to buy anything. Like I know you don't really, you're not really selling anything yet. But I want to support you. How can I do that?" And I kind of laughed and I was like. Um, you could write a review. She's like, well, that's nice, but I already did that. So what else can I do? And it kind of got me thinking. I'm like, well, I don't know. She's like, can I buy you coffee? And I was like, yes, you can buy me coffee because I, if you don't know me, I love coffee. If you haven't figured that out in this episode, I do love coffee. And it's one of the things when I'm really feeling like I need to be creative or to produce content, I really enjoy a good cup of coffee. And I'm actually drinking one right now and it is nine o'clock at night. It's a bad habit so I said, yes, you can buy me a cup of coffee. And wouldn't you know, she sent me a link and I'm going to put it in the show notes. I'm going to be completely uncomfortable here and just share it with all of you, but you can actually buy me a cup of coffee online. You can contribute to essentially a coffee fund that has been set up. So I'm going to put it in the show notes. If you feel compelled and you want to contribute to Ordinary Sherpa, number one, first of all, would be to share this with someone. If you're finding value from it, share it, tell someone else. That's the biggest compliment. Number two would be to write a written review. And I would say, number three, against my, <laughs> this is so uncomfortable, can you tell? If you would like to buy me a cup of coffee, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's, I think, I don't even know what the link is, so I'm gonna have to put it in the show notes, but it's something like buymeacupofcoffee.com backslash or Sherpa or something, do what feels most appropriate for you. And if it's not me, do it for someone else. Do it for someone that you're finding value from. I think it's so easy in our online world to just fire back thoughts and be critical. And yeah, maybe just leave the world a little bit nicer and be a little bit more generous this week and receive that generosity as much as you give it. Thank you so much for joining me today on this adventure. I look forward to this journey with all of you. And and by the way, I need to put in one last thing. And this isn't a plug, but if you ever want to meet for coffee or do virtual coffee, I would love to meet my listeners. I can't wait to the day that I'm traveling around the country And I get to meet up with all of you. So if you are someone who would like to connect, I would love to do virtual coffee. It'd probably be like 15 minutes, but I would still be willing. If you buy, how about this? If you buy me a cup of coffee, I will share that cup of coffee with you. So I hope you have a good week. Take care and keep on adventuring.